Molly, and this is my co-host, Not Great Parent Nathan. It's me. Hello. Oh, I should probably say I'm not a great parent either. No, I did feel very pointed at <laughs> it me. It was like, you're a terrible parent. <laughs> I just it's me, always great Molly, with not so great Nathan. But you don't want to be great. We want to no, be that good. Is true. So we are, um, our point in every podcast that we do and in our life is to not be great parents. We're trying to be parents that... Um, are seeking God first in all that we do and helping our children to do the same. So we would like to live in the goodness of God rather yeah. than the, the greatness that the world defines for us. And that primarily God's goodness is about uh, his character and who he is. I feel like sometimes, you know, we, we do this intro every time. And so I'm always real. Like I think everyone does it. I hope everyone does in their own parenting of reevaluating. Is this the right word choice? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is this the right thing? Is this the right way to say it? And so I kind of play out a lot of, you know, we say we're living in God's goodness. Primarily, we're talking about his character, that God in his nature is just good, right. right? The way John says it in 1 John is that he is light and in him there is no darkness, right? right? And so there's this idea that I think we want to be people who are pursuing the character of God, the virtues of God. And uh, instead of trying to uh, trying to craft children to be who they are. Mm. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like I heard uh, I heard a psychologist say recently on some podcast they said that our culture has become more obsessed with personality mm -hmm. than with character. Right. That everyone wants to find out what 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 a Harry Potter house are you? <laughs> or you know, we're yeah. we're really into this what enneagram right. are you? Right. And and often those things get used to excuse all your personality. Well, you can't say anything cuz I'm just a, you know, I'm a 3 and she's a 2 and mm -hmm. that's just how we are. That's, we don't there's no growth for me. Right. Cuz we're just we're just who we are. That's right. And I think a lot of times that's how it comes to in in the world of great parenting. Mm -hmm. I think there are some great parents that like we talked about in previous episodes, they have a mold for their kids and they're like... Oh, yes. My mom used to call it when my kids were little designer baby. Designer baby. That's right? good. And right? so when something happened in my life and and it changed the way that I viewed my designer baby, she That's came right. over and said, well, you're just going to have to let go of designer baby. That's good. And it was great advice. Yes. That didn't feel good in the it moment. It did not feel good in the moment because I was all ready to have the child that I had imagined yes. and exactly how it was, you know, I had his whole life planned out. Yes. And then life was a little bit different. So, yes. And that's going to be the case for every one of us. Oh, yes. So there's that There's that category. And then there's what I call the, I call it modern Disney parenting, oh, okay. which is every modern Disney movie is like, Mom, I'm not like you. Dad, I'm not. I'm oh, Moana. Yes. I got to find my own yes. life. I'm, my know, own way. I got to, yes, I got to steer my own path and do my, and we think the virtue of it all, right? That we were just watching Encanto the other day. That's like the whole idea behind it. It's like, I'm unique and I'm my own person. And that's and, very much what the greatness of the world is saying for sure. Sure. Yes, is there's this whole thing of like everybody's got to have their thing. Yes, every kid needs to have their thing, and sometimes as a parent, we feel like we are doing something wrong if we say, "Well, here is Christ-like virtues and character." I get you're a very you know I'm a three, so I'm a, I'm the kind of person who wants to put a really glossy sheen on everything. Yes. I want everything to look nice and perfect, and there's a way in which well that's just how Nathan is. Mm -hmm. That's just Nathan is. But then there also is a a virtue to vulnerability and honesty, mm -hmm. right, and patience, because I'm a very efficient person. Mm -hmm. Patience is a virtue, and it doesn't matter what my personality is. There are certain character traits that should embody the goodness of God, 
And I think that's what we're trying to look at a lot with our kids is, and with ourselves, honestly, is it's how did God wire this kid in their personality, which I think is helpful, Mm -hmm. but primarily knowing my kid's personality, or we've both done the temperaments. Oh, yeah. You're a yellow, I assume. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm also a yellow. I could, we. Shocking. (laughs) Yes, we could, we could find, if you don't know what that means, that's all right. That's all right. We might do an episode on that. We should. We should. Because I do think. I do think it's helpful to know your kid's personality Mm -hmm. and and as they get older, when they're in their teenage years and older, to know what their Enneagram is. Yeah, all that stuff is helpful tools to help you steer them towards what Nathan's speaking about, and that is this character character that God has designed us to hopefully be. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're a red and you're a, I'm, I'm direct and I speak and I get things done and I do this. You still also have to be patient and gentle, mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a green and you're like, look, I don't really want to get in the middle of conflict. But you still it, have to be direct. Yeah. You, you have to speak have to be the honest truth. And yes. You have to be, you have, there's, everybody has certain things we also have to do within our personality. And I think that goes to kind of the question we're going to talk today about Um, I think everyone in this area we're going to talk about today, I think everyone has their own, like, well, you just find your own way. Oh, for sure. And your own path. You find your own path. And you know, we don't even need to talk about it. Yes, because, but it's our private thing. Yes. And everyone gets to kind of make up their own mind of how they're going to do it and how everything's going to be handled. And then I think what ends up happening is. Uh, we have very personality ways of handling this area of our life, and we don't have a lot of character driven. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things, what are the virtues, because there are virtues around this area that that really should drive a Christian in handling this area, and what are the things God values that would drive a person who wants to live in his goodness. Mm-hmm. And so if you've probably already tell, if you've seen the podcast description or the title. We're talking about money. <laughs> we are talking about money. And it's in particular, how do we help our kids learn how to be? And the word that was used in the question, and we'll We're read it in a second, is uh, financially responsible. Financially responsible. Well, we are doing this episode based off of a question that we got. And the question was submitted in the form, which you can see in the show notes. And we'd love your questions. So if you have questions, any type, uh, send them in to us using that form or that link in the um, show notes. And this is directly from there. So Nathan's going to read it. And it is about money. And we're then going to dive right in. Yes. So here's the question. I just scrolled past it. What? (laughs) Here's the question. It's coming up. <laughs> Just a second. After this commercial break from our sponsors. Sawyer. Box Box. <laughs> Do you want a new box every week? Box Box. We'll send you a new box every month. Read the question. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what is a reasonable allowance amount for a teenager? What level of financial responsibility should be placed on the child? All right, so what's a reasonable allowance amount for a teenager? And what is, uh, the, what's the amount of financial responsibility that you should put on a child? So for the first part of the question, what's a reasonable allowance amount? My answer is probably I don't, somewhere in the range of $5,000 to $10,000 a month. I think yes, if you spend five thousand, your kid probably, I mean, that's a You ba- want happy, great kids. Yeah, 5000 to 10000 right. somewhere in there. That's a pretty good livable wage for a teenager. So, mm-hmm. okay, obviously... I don't, I don't know how to give you a dollar amount for your teenager because, and I know I just made a big speech about personality driven and those kind of things. I do think, I don't think it is dependent. 
I do not think the dollar amount is as important as what we'll talk about in the second part of the question, how you teach them to handle their finances. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would say this, this would be the question I'd ask and I'll throw it kind of to Molly. I would ask, what is the teenager doing to earn this allowance? Mm -hmm. um, one, how old is the teenager? Could they have a job? Um, and this is all I'll say about this. I did youth ministry for a long time. I was also an employer for uh, uh, before I was a youth minister, and primarily because I worked at uh, I worked at an ice cream shop. I was the mm -hmm. assistant manager. Everyone I hired was a teenager, and I should say that until about the last year I was there, and we had to start hiring a bunch of twenty somethings because there were less teenagers applying. And when I started doing youth ministry. It, every year it got less and less the amount of teenagers who had jobs because parents were telling their kids, you know, school is your job, mm -hmm. being a teenager is your job. Uh, and I would just say if teaching financial responsibility is a big thing, getting a job is important for that. The other part of it that's important is once they can get a job, it looks way better on your future employer when you are going to get like an actual career type job out of college if you've actually had work experience before. If you show up and you've only ever been in college, you've never worked a job, uh, that does not look as good as if you've had any kind of work experience with any kind of people who could give you references. But that's a totally different deal. <laughs> I just think that I always want to say that to, it, there's a lot of life skills that learn from scooping ice cream. Well, and on the flip side, I had everything paid for me for life. Mm. And so my parents went through my senior year in high school. They decided, we're going to give you an allowance. And this dollar amount we're going to give you every month, and I can't remember, it was a couple hundred dollars. It was for everything I did that they were previously just paying for. And they were like, they now we're going to give you the money, and you have to figure out how to you know, buy shampoo and get a haircut and do this. And it was like a three- or four-month period of time right before I left for college so that they could prepare me for mm, school. Wasn't and very helpful. <laughs> super not helpful because I had no other history in, in right. that. So then I went to college. My parents were very generous and paid for college. However, when you have not been prepared mm -hmm. financially and it gets paid for as mm -hmm. you go into adulthood, it was not easy. And I right. always say, even if I have all the money in the world, my children are still going to carry some of that financial responsibility for right. school because it was, it was kind of messy as in yes. like, I went to college when you used to write checks. And oh, I, wow. There you go. And I went to college my freshman year in this small little town, and I wrote all these checks at the gas station down the street, and I bounced, like, all of them. Oh, my goodness. And I went down to the little bank in Missouri and cried to this little man about how I bounced these checks. And he said, well, you're going to have to take a class. The first time I didn't bounce, it wasn't a check. I didn't bounce a check. The first time I overdrafted, overdrafted. my account yeah. was, um, I was in I was in college. I was already married. Um, and we were just trying to figure out like the savings account, checking yes. account, you know, you the moved some, yes. and it was a little confusing to me at the time I was, I was young and I'm trying to figure it out. I had gone to the gas station to get $3 of gas mm. for the lawnmower. Yeah. And so I went to like fill up the lawnmower thing and I just didn't know. I didn't know. I guess something, I can't remember. I guess some like utility payment had gone through and like gas mm -hmm. really down. I had like $2 in. So I paid for $3 in gas. The overdraft fee was like 35 bucks. I was like, this was $38 of gas. <laughs> For this little expensive amount of gas of yes. all time. Well, that all that to say, though, I think you know preparing our preparing kids. Preparing your kids is really important, and I think um, you know preparing them doesn't happen quickly. 
So. No, I think you need to start. And so I would say, here's what I'd say is if you're a teenager, I don't know. I mean, if, you've, if you're a teenager, give me wow. your allowance. Well, to, if you're a teenager and you're listening with us That's today, right. Good for you. Good for you. But uh, <laughs> here's what I'd say is if you have a teenager and this is the first time you're giving an allowance, then I would really try to, um, I would set an amount that makes sense for the the wants that they have in their life, what, what they would actually use it for, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so I'll just talk about my family for a moment because I just that's the only way I can know, and I don't mind telling the dollar amounts for it so you can judge me on either side of the amounts we give. But each of my daughters, I have a uh, six-year-old, about to be seven-year-old, so I have, a, I think at the point of this episode, they, she might already be seven, but uh, so a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and 11-year-old. And uh, the seven and eight-year-old get uh, $10 a month um, and that is because they do uh, all kinds of chores. They do chores every day. Uh, they get up every morning. They make their own breakfast. They put away any dishes that are still in the sink. They do a lot of kind of help with that. They have to bring their own laundry down every single day. And, you know, they fold their own laundry because um, we have six people in our house. So there's a load of laundry being done all every time, day. Yes. At least. And so uh, our girls are, they fold their own laundry, you know, they separate their own laundry, they do all their own stuff with that. On top of that, my wife has every day after lunch. Now, this is different because we are, like I said, we're homeschooled. So they're, they're home at lunch every day. Mm-hmm. After lunch is done, there's a chore chart on the wall that they, they have little uh, magnets that they put next to and it, it rotates every week, you know, what job you would have or mm-hmm. whatever. And every day they have one they do. And so we've said that's about $10. Uh, a month, and it's not really specific to the jobs, right. because I don't want to be ticky tacky with my kids. I don't want to be like that job is a twenty five cent job, and that job's, a, and maybe that's worth it to you. It just felt like to me to teach my kid. Part of being in a family is you help. Right. We help each other. Right. right? Yeah. And so, sure. and so, when my kids are young, I, chores are how they help. Mom and dad, we cook most of the meals, but I want you to know how to cook your own food, and I want you to know how to do your own stuff. And so, they pitch in on a responsible level of carrying their own weight. And then part of us, because we're the ones who go out and you know make the money, is I'm going to give you little bits of money so that you can practice learning mm-hmm. how to be responsible for your stuff. So we provide all of the needs for our kids, right? So groceries. You know, I pay the mortgage. They don't have to pay into the mortgage. Come on. (laughs) That's right. They don't have to, you know, all the things that they need. But outside of that, Mm -hmm. right, outside of food, clothing, and, you know, shelter, almost anything else that they want that is extra, Mm -hmm. they have to pay for. Mm -hmm. So if they want a toy... Um, optional things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything that they would want, they're allowed to save up for stuff if they want to save up for it, which they've mm-hmm. done several times. I'm like, oh, I had two of my girls really wanted a video game that they were going to play together. And so they both saved up, I think, like $25 each. Mm-hmm. And that took a couple months. Yeah. And then they went and paid for it. We go to the movies as a family once a month. And my wife and I, we pay for the tickets and the popcorn. And we say, that's for everybody. That's what mommy and dad. That's our entertainment for our family. Yep, that's, that's what mom and dad are willing to pay. But if you want candy at the movies, you know, it's $4 a candy, which is ridiculous, but that's what it is. And they can go into their allowance and they set it aside. And so my girls at even at, you know, six, seven, eight, they're having conversations when they go to the grocery store with us and they see a little toy, it's $5. They ask me, daddy, if I buy this, Mm -hmm. will I have enough money to get candy Mm -hmm. at the movies? Because they've had enough times where they didn't, Mm -hmm. right? And they realize now I don't have money for candy at the movies. And then I, as dad, have to be the mean daddy. It's like, well, you don't have money and I'm not paying for it. Right. 
and then day after sit through the movie just eating popcorn. How horrible movie. is that? How horrible Terrible. is that? Gosh, you are mean. It's rough at your house. Right. So these are young kids. My older uh, daughters, my uh, my nine-year-old, my 11-year-old, they each do an additional job every week. One of them cleans the downstairs bathroom, which mm -hmm. is a half bath. Mm -hmm. the, and that she gets $5 extra a month if she does that every week. Okay. And then my older daughter uh, cleans the upstairs bathroom, which is a full bath, so it has a tub with mm -hmm. a... So she's got to clean that. And it's nasty because it's the one that all the girls use, so... It is. I'll just tell you this. I thought boys were disgusting. Girls got a whole nother level with them bathrooms, man. That is <laughs> something really else. Good. And so. And you got four in one. I got five. Yes. And they haven't even hit the teenage years yeah, yet. So I don't, I don't know what's happening that there. That price tag is going to go up. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's so going to be a more expensive job. If they do all of that. And we've actually had one of my daughters complained about doing it so much that I eventually said, okay, I'm going to go to one of your younger daughters. You know, you're going on strike. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going into the market to find another another person. And I paid her the $5 a month to clean that bathroom instead. And I said, well, she's going to do it. She's mm -hmm. willing to do it. And next month, the, the older daughter came back and goes, I think I can do it I again. think I'll take that money back by doing that. And now at their age, I feel like that's, that's an good. appropriate level of financial. They understand the concept of if I spend money here, I can't spend that money here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if I really want something here, I may have to save up for it. Right. Um, and all of those things happen. Uh, you were saying you have a similar way. It's not kind of like a we consistent monthly yeah, we thing. We don't do a consistent monthly allowance. I, I call chores contributions. Like you're living in this home, so mm. these are your contributions. Yes, I think that's and great. so, um, you know, it's basic, basic stuff. Sure. You know, trash, uh, putting away your clothes, cleaving your room moderately clean. What is the least favorite chore or contribution in your house? Well, all of them, just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The least favorite is definitely putting laundry away. And that's really? probably because my child my oldest child is sort of a clothing junkie and he changes so often. Uh, it's because he goes to baseball, he goes to school, he, you know, changes occasionally. Oh, sure, after sure. And so then I say, well, let's have any more clothes for you to put away. Which is perfect. And help, you know. Because I will say, one of my daughters is that way. She often would, like, change her outfit several yes. times. And then when she got to the two or three weeks where she had multiple things of clothing, she eventually was like, I'm going to stop changing so much because mm -hmm. I hate putting this away. He so that's great. That's great. Yes, he hated putting it away. So, um, um, he usually gives us a hard time. He'll take the basket upstairs, and then I'll come up, and the basket's still there, and he's kind of dawdling around doing something else. And mm -hmm. So that's the least favorite one. But you know what? That's my least favorite one, too. So yes. I totally get yes. it. Um, so we call it contributions, but then um, we have not done an allowance, per se. Occasionally, sure. we'll have him do certain things that we'll have them do certain things that will give you know, well, I'm sure during like the money. summer has more and then, opportunities. And then we have a neighbor who um, he takes care. Of. My mom and the neighbor, when they're out of town, which they're both they both travel regularly. He does the mail and trash and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff for him. So he does get some money from that. So we um, same thing. We allow him to save up for certain things that he wants. Our child does get plenty of wants taken care of, but there are things that you know we say we're not we're not going to be purchasing that. Or sure, that's yeah, you you're want. making the decision. This you is can, not enough. Yes, you don't, this money doesn't have to burn a hole in your pocket. You can save it for a few yes. months and you can, you know, get what you want next. So, yeah. um, he wants shoes all the time. So yes. And my child's bought more pairs of shoes for himself than I would, than most, I think, at his age. But that's okay. I don't know. My he, oldest daughter is that way. It's it, it just, you know, 
she she buys all kinds of little clothing that she sets her money aside for. And I'm like, I would have never okay. spent money on that. But she's she loves it. And I'm proud of her. And I love watching her get to kind of parade around in it yes. because she's very proud of that I bought this for myself. Yes. So, you know, and, and I think it's, it is fun to see them, you know, set their mind on a goal, keep, mm-hmm. you know, work toward it. Yeah. Be responsible about the money part. Um, but, you know. We, we haven't talked about this yet, but, you know, God has a plan for how we're supposed to spend our money. That's right. And so, you know, part of whether our children are getting it through an allowance or through doing other things, it's we really should be teaching them how to spend that money. And God really wants us to save, to mm-hmm. spend, and to give. Yeah. And so we have to help our kids do that. Yeah. And so when my kids were really little, they had three piggy banks. Uh, that's great. You know, one of each. Um, and we had little um, little zipper bags. Yeah, they all I got mean, a bag so they could see the money. Visually yeah. represented, repre- mm-hmm. you know, some visual representation of the three. I will say, at one point, I walked into Henry's room and the give one had all pennies in it, <laughs> and the other one, the same, had had coins in it, and the spend had all the dollar bills in it. That's so funny. <laughs> so he was finagling it himself, but. I mean, giving them a visual young is is important. I think. Yeah, and I think that. I think there's a benefit to this. Is what we did with our girls because uh, we had the same thing. If you don't know, our church kind of uh, has always taught as just a model. It's not like a, uh, a hard and fast. Yes, that this is exactly the way, but that there's kind of a there's a biblical model around this idea called the tithe, which is ten percent, the first ten percent you make. Uh, it's not meant that God's like I only want ten percent of your money, right. or that you just stay ten, or if somehow you're in a season of life right now that, you know, 10% is is, is just really difficult. You've never given before and you can't, mm-hmm. and you feel really guilty. It's not some have to, it's this biblical model of God goes, I want you to set the first part of what you make aside. And so we would take our kids and when, when, when they started and they would get $10, I would get 10 ones, mm-hmm. right? And we do what's called 10, 10, 80. You 10, save 10, um, give 10%, save 10%. Live on the rest. So I would give them the ten dollars. I'd say the first thing we do, and we made it almost ritualistic, where I would hand it to them and right. I'd say, first thing you do is God's the one who gave you life. He gave you everything. He gave you this family mm-hmm. who has given you this money. So what's the first thing we do? And they said we give one dollar back to God. Mm-hmm. Go, Great. And I go, and God wants you to be just aware of the fact that you need to be wise in what's coming in the future. So let's save a little bit, and then mm-hmm. they give us a dollar. They go, now this other eight is for you to live on, mm-hmm. right? And that's where they go. Okay, I can use four of this for candy the movies and we can go to five below and I can spend four dollars at the other part right and so having a little ritual behind it where it becomes this thing where they can see hey God cares about how I spend my money Right. right like we've even said you know my family has a specific way that we handle money your family has a specific way we do but and so that's kind of the personality part that we all have our own personality our own family but one of God's values is this idea of generosity and giving uh, back to God. So one, that money doesn't get wrapped around my heart. Right. Right. Jesus says that um, one of the chief competitions for our devotion to God is going to be money. He says no one can serve two masters. Right. You'll either uh, hate one. Right. And despise or love one and despise the other. Be devoted to one and hate the other one. He says you can't serve both God and money. 
And, and it's very true. Yes, and I think we often miss this sometimes. So here's what I would say a lot about, we've kind of given you our, how we handle allowance. I get with teenagers, that dollar amount probably increases, but what I would hope is maybe the effort they're putting into it is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and your teenager can maybe understand more incentivized things like, hey, go cut the grass. Right. That's $10 right. or whatever you decide it is, right? That's that, hey, go wash the car. That's five bucks. Hey, go, you know, because um, my my brother is going out of town and he asks my daughter to um, feed their cats. And we said, okay, well, I'll drive you there, mm-hmm. but you're the one who has to go inside and do scoop it. out the poop and do all the gross part. You know, right. you have to do all of that. But if you do that, then you will be, then you can have the money. That's that. your yeah. money and you can do that. So I would encourage you, if it's a young teenager, if you mean like 12, 13, 14, 15, not old enough quite to get a job yet, and you're going to do allowance, I would encourage you to try and make it something that costs them a little bit to get it. So they there's right. a little bit of weight to it. Mm-hmm. And then that you you handle those things. Yeah. Uh, that, and that, I think, you know, when once you're giving them that money, you have those conversations still, yes. even older, right? Yes. What are we giving? What are we saving? What are we spending? Because yes. I think it's really easy to hand kids money and them just not think about it and they can't get to the store. Absolutely. Them, right? And, and so that's the personality part is how you handle it. What's the unique dollar amount you choose? I think you talk about those kind of things. Once again, I would try and think of it in terms of what are wants. I'm going to handle the needs, right? I'm I, Maybe you don't. Maybe you decide. I just don't, you should handle the needs as far as uh, food and shelter. But I mean, you may decide I'll handle their baseball. Um, you know, they're going to be on a travel baseball team. They have to pay in right. so much money a, a year to do that. I'll cover that. Or maybe you tell your kid, hey, I'm not going to pay for that. And you need to go do fundraising for that, mm-hmm. which is there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you saying you want to do that. You can decide all of those things, obviously, because it's your, it's your money. I think there is a character of God way, though, because we know this has the temptation to get wrapped around our child's heart, that they will, that greatness makes you want to live for money. And you know, I when I hear people say, uh, uh, you know, make you want to live for money, I know a lot of us go, I'm not a greedy person. I don't care that much about money. Yeah, but, but you know what living for money is? It's and and the, I'll just say it by myself. It's the Vanguard app on my phone that I every so often go. Well, let's just see how the stocks are doing yes. today. I've had to tell myself, I'm just not allowed to open that. I can look at it every three to four weeks. I can't look at it every day because mm-hmm. there's something not right with my heart that early in the morning, the first thing I do is, is check to see how much money you have. Yeah. First thing I do is <laughs> I, I do my, I do my Bible reading because I'm a good Christian. I do my Bible reading first. Followed, Molly. Followed by a money check. And then after I do my discipleship, <laughs> I go, let's just check and see what's going on yeah. with that money. Right. And, and everyone goes, well, that's just wise investments and wise savings. You're trying to, there's a level to which when I, when I'm, when I'm, my thoughts are consumed by it. Or living for it is, I'm really consumed on whether we're going to get to do a vacation this year. Mm-hmm. right? Or the vacation I want to. Or the vacation I want. Or even you may have to go, hey, this year things are really tight. And what would be best in order for me to continue to give money like the, to what God would say I need to give money to? Maybe this year we just don't, we do a staycation. We just hang out mm-hmm. and we do this. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do vacation. What I'm saying is, is that thing in my body that makes me cringe up and say, oh, but a good life, 
right? A great life Mm -hmm. is found in being able to retire at the age I want to retire and being able to go on vacation the way that everyone else gets to go on vacation and in parenting to make it where my kid never even has to think about money. You know, maybe you grew up in a really... think about money. (laughs) Yes. Maybe you grew up in a very difficult financial situation where you had to control... You actually had to contribute financially. You were a teenager and your parents needed you to help and maybe you've... You, you always felt a lot of stress with that. And so now you look at your kid and you go, I don't even want them to think about money. Mm-hmm. And we feel like that's what a great life is. But you know at some point they're going to think about money. And more than that, I don't think it's even what we think about money as much as the ways that we're not aware. We're not thinking of how our money gets wrapped around our heart. Oh, right. And so I think when we talk about financial, that's the second part of the question. What is a financial responsibility that should be on a kid? I want to talk about less of the financial responsibility in the terms of what we mean by personal responsibility. I have a quick answer to that question, if we want to answer Go for it with the quick one, and then we'll elaborate. You know that. Yes. The quick answer I have on, I think financial responsibility for a child should be like personal responsibility for a child. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean. Molly gave a great example of, I love the word contribution. In fact, I may start using that just as in the language we say mm-hmm. with our kids, because that is what I'm trying to teach. You do your own laundry because no one else should be doing your laundry. Mm-hmm. Your, those are your clothes that came off your stinky body. Mm-hmm. You should be the one. You, just like I would teach my, you know, with a baby, I have to wash my baby in the bath. Mm-hmm. But my nine-year-old, I don't need to be going in the shower making sure right. every, every you know, she's washing her body. She needs to be doing that. Doing That's that personal herself. responsibility. And like with breakfast. I want my children to be able to cook their own food, not because I can't, not, you know, I want to make it with love and all those things. Oh, with a little sprinkle of love on top. It's just personal responsibility. I want you to know that you're capable of doing these things. I think financial responsibility is the same thing. If it is something you are capable of providing for yourself, mm-hmm. I want to teach you in the ways that I can. My kids are not capable of providing a mortgage. <laughs> or, or providing the grocery bill or the utility bill. That would be irresponsible of me to right. place that onto them. Right. But they are more than capable of providing candy at the movies or a toy for themselves. Or like you said, saving up to buy something they want that I go, I don't want to spend the money on. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say for a teenager. I think it's perfectly acceptable if you say, I'm not paying for your cell phone. I was going to say cell phone, paying for cell phone, paying for certain gas in their car, entertainment costs. Yeah. You want to go out with your friends? I'm not giving you 20 bucks to go to Ashley Park. You're going to have to figure out what, what, what you're going to do. I think all of that is appropriate. And you, once again, it could come from an allowance, but then I would try and make sure, are they taking responsibility to earn the allowance? Right. Um, now that's training ground. You're training them to, because ultimately that's what you're going to do in a job. You're going to work in a job and you're going to have to do it at a certain level to be able to be continue to be employed. And that's, that's how you live. And then from that money that they, that you get in a job, then you do the 10, 10, 20. 10, 10, 80. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Where's that other 60% (laughs) going? (laughs) But yes, yes, exactly. 10, 10, 80. You do that. Math is not my thing. So, so I think that is a good baseline. I think we've given of, you know, have them pay for wants, not needs, have them take personal financial responsibility. No matter what the dollar amount is, Mm -hmm. it's important to train them. Right. When we talk about financial responsibility though. So I think we've answered the question and now it's my turn to say the thing I need to say. Say the thing you need to say. I think the one thing that's not in as a part of this question that a lot of parents don't think of is not what is my responsibility to train my child, which that's a good part of the question. I can hear that in the question. I want to yes. train my child. 
or what is the responsibility the child has, you know, for themselves Mm -hmm. or those kind of things. What is mine and my child's financial responsibility to God? Mm -hmm. Is it 10%? Is it my only responsibility to God that he gets less than I tip a waitress? Is that the only financial responsibility I have is just to teach them the 10, 10, 80. And I'm saying this, I teach 10, 10, 80 to my kids. I think it's a great way just to get them thinking about it. But is there more that my kid has a financial responsibility? And so when I think about the biblical view of the way God talks about money, which I think money is, if not the number one somewhere, I, sometimes I wonder if money is the number one, greed is the number one sin mm-hmm. in, in our country, or if busyness is, or if busyness feeds into greed. I think it, and, it, it, go with greed. It's all the same. So I think greed's a big one, and busyness it's the one. Busyness is feeding into greed. It's the one that none of us think we have. I've, I've started kind of making the joke with some friends that, you know, whenever you say, you know, uh, people, you start talking about money in church, mm-hmm. everyone goes, hey, 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 God didn't say money was evil. God said the love of money is evil. And, 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 and money is not evil. It's the love of money. And I don't love money. Now, I'm defending money to you right now as if I did love money. And I don't want you to think money's evil. I don't love the money. I just want you to know money's not evil. You don't know money like I know money. If you knew money like I do, you know money's a great guy. Money's a good guy. I'm not defending it, though. I'm not defending it, right? And I, so I'm making a joke. That is true. The Bible says it's the love of money that is the root of all evil, right? Mm-hmm. The, the analogy I often use with people is from my perception of it. Okay. The biblical view of money is that it is like bleach and ammonia. Oh, okay. Right? It's pretty useful. Yeah. Right? Pretty you, potent. Pretty potent. really powerful. Can do a lot of good things. Right. There have been a lot of times in my life that I go, I need some bleach over here and I need some ammonia over here there and I got to do some stuff. But if I spend my whole life going, I need stockpiles of bleach and ammonia. Uh, then we would wonder what And I'm going to hold on to them as long as I can. I'm going to walk around with bleach and ammonia. You might be like, okay, but isn't that a little dangerous? Right. Isn't it a little dangerous to just hold on to that as long as you can and, and, and assume that your hands are the safest hands and that you're the one who has the best idea of how to handle this thing? Sure is. Wouldn't it at some point you say to somebody, hey, maybe you need to put that bleach and ammonia down unless you need to use it? Mm-hmm. And I think the, so I would say a big part of our responsibility to our children, right? You look at the writings of James. James is very, uh, and I mean this in the proper context, is very damning about his uh, conversation toward wealthy people. I mean, he mm-hmm. talks at one point about it's your stockpiles of stuff, the corrosion of your jewelry and the, the way the moths have eaten away at all of your stockpiles of clothes. He goes, those will be the testimony that will be given against you in the final days. And you're like, dang, that's pretty tough. Harsh, man. All those storage units you have. Well, listen, I read something the other day that said everybody has 100,000 items in their home. My goodness. That's the average. So let's not even talk about the storage unit. 100,000 items. 100,000 items in in the average home. Right. Not even hoarders. Like, that's factoring in, but, like, all of us have that. Right. And so you look at these things and you go... You know, Jesus speaks about it almost more than, you know, everyone has a different definition of it, you know, of how they specifically say it. I don't know, did he speak about it more than anything other than the kingdom of God? It's hard to really weigh it out, but here's what we know. Any topic, more than any any other single topic, he talked about it a lot. Right. Because he knew it would impact our character. And I'm really thankful for the person who sent this question because the other podcast we've done that I do with Ed and Jason, we've had... 
Very little, if any. I can't think of a specific question we've had about money. Oh, good. And Jesus talked about it more than anything else. And we, on that one, don't get to talk about a lot because no one's asking questions. Right. Right? And whenever we talk about it at church, people are like, oh my, how many weeks are they doing on this? It's a sermon series through the whole summer. On yeah, that's right. We're just, I'm just going to vacation. We're just talking about money. And I think people feel that way. And I would just say that one of the responsibilities we have to our children is, what? how does God view money and teach that to our kids? Yeah. And the way I teach it to my kids is, as we've said here all the time, it's the way I live it out. Yep. And if my kids... Um, if your kids never see you give money... Yes. Then your kids will not be as inclined to give money. Or if your kids, if you don't include your kids on certain things like, hey, we're doing Christmas in Coweta and so we're going to buy gifts for people. Um, and they don't see that you go, hey, we're going to we're gonna give good gifts to people. We want to give to take care of this. Or, you know, if I would encourage you as a family to take a compassion child or to, or to get involved with some charity that you could give to, you know, and, and, and let your kids know, hey, we give to the church. Right. right? My, kids, my kids know that because they give to the church and they know that mommy and daddy do. And they know this is an important thing to us. And my kids also know there are regular times. One of the things we've worked on this year is we want to increase the amount of money that we're giving. We've all, as I've said, we've always given to the church and we're continuing obviously to give to the church. Uh, but we always go, hey, we wanted to increase what we could give to causes that we know God cares about. Because mm -hmm. Jesus said where your treasure is, that's where your, that's heart, where your is. heart is. And I realize there's a lot of situations in our world, if I'm honest, I don't care that much about. Mm -hmm. I would say I care about it if I talk to you about it, but I don't pray about it a lot. I don't think about it a lot suffering Christians around the world. And if you're if you're not giving to it, then you yes, your heart really probably. So what there. we decided to do was we would start as a family cutting back on things. We're gonna go to the movie. We love going to the movies, and mm -hmm. it's summer blockbuster season. This is the first time I did so not long. I did not get to go see Fast X in the movie theaters. Do you know what this is doing to my soul? Ruining it. The corrosion, right? Oh, Which, by gosh. the way, that movie one thousand percent should have been titled "Fasten Your Seatbelts." A hundred percent what that movie should have okay. been called, but I didn't get to see Fast in Your Seatbelts. No, or the other one. Or the other one. You know, you're deprived. But we told our kids, like, hey, like, my girls really wanted to go see The Little Mermaid. Oh, I bet. And we said, hey, you know, it costs us about a hundred dollars to go to the movies. Mm -hmm. And I said, we're going to, instead of using it on that, because we had gone earlier to see mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which I know producer Sawyer is on board with everyone going to see. He's like, right? that's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. Okay, so Sawyer's is asleep. We have put our producer to sleep. We better. Sawyer wants us to wrap this whole Sawyer's thing up. Sawyer's like, guys, stop. And instead, we said, hey, we're going to spend time when we go out to eat, and we're not going to spend money on that. We're going to pray about. Yeah. Hey, we're giving money to this, and we're going to do mm -hmm. this. And I'm not saying that's what you need to do. What I'm saying is, is we have a responsibility to our children to teach them a godly view of money, which is, it is a good gift God gives to us, mm -hmm. but it was never meant to just stay in my hands. Right. And it was certainly not meant to solely be used for me. There's really good blessings. So then when this sat, this Friday, when we go see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, which we chose to see instead of Little Mermaid, my kids are going to be like blown. I am excited for that. Oh, okay. There now you go. We woke up. him up. We now talked about, talk about Spider-Verse. <laughs> my kids will, will get to do that. And we're going to pray when we go and say, hey, God, thank you for this blessing that right. we get to do. But God... We know there's a lot of people that not only do they not get to go do this fun stuff, they don't even have all that they need. Right. And so we want to care about that. We want to, and we want to use the money that we could have used to go do something else mm -hmm. to do this. And I'm not saying you need to do that. What I'm saying is you do have a responsibility to your child and to your teenager to help them understand God's view that 
Money was not meant for my greatness. Mm -hmm. It was meant to help me become good. Yeah, and just remember that money is going to be the chief competitor mm -hmm. for their heart. Yes. And part of what we want to do is make sure that we prepare them yes. to be ready for that. Yes. And to already have practices in their life yeah. that keep them, you know, those guardrails we always talk about to keep them focused and so that, that the competition for their heart isn't swayed as easily. I think that's great. So yeah. I hope that helps um, and I hope we were practical, but I hope we also kind of set your sights on a different target than just how can money, how can I help my kid handle money in a great way? Right. And how can they handle it in a good way like God would want? And as for the dollar amount, it's up to you. That's right. $5,000. Spider-Man across the spider oh. In theaters June 2nd, go which to, this has been out for like... Go to the Little Mermaid because month, Nick's right? kids are getting yes. cracked Yes, and, and come and bootleg it. Oh, yeah. There we go. Send it to me. They're on a writer strike right now. Oh, they don't need any extra care. money. Send it to me. All right. Send us more questions. Yes. <laughs> Use the link below. Thanks for being with us today. Have a good one. See you.